Good morning. Would you please stand and join us in worship?
Thank you. 
stronger than you, none greater than you, and we have come to worship you today. We pray that uh, we will sense your spirit with us in our worship, 
And we ask this through Christ. Amen. Share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. As you uh, probably have noticed, this is a Sunday uh, where we are uh, honoring our high school seniors and also it's a youth Sunday and it's exciting to see our young people not only involved in the service but uh, leading us in worship and uh, we appreciate all that they are doing this morning. Just a few things I want to highlight in the bulletin. Uh, Next Sunday we again worship at 8.30 and 11 and next Sunday evening at 5.00. Uh, We have the opportunity to uh, honor and celebrate with Pastor John as he's just graduated with a master's degree in youth ministry. And uh, we, yeah, excited for him. And next Sunday night, we want to celebrate with him. So we uh, hope you'll be a part of this gathering, uh, uh, not just to celebrate him, but also a chance to come together, have some ice cream and cake. And that's always a reason to gather, right? But, uh, so we, we hope you'll be a part of next Sunday night's uh, excitement and gathering. We also have a couple of concerns in the world as we are highlighting uh, our missionary outreach. We pray for Hudson and Lucy Hess as they are in Haiti to uh, wrap up their personal ministry there, but to watch God continue to work through the ongoing ministries that they've established there. And also for our brothers and sisters in Malaysia, a difficult place to be a Christian. And so we want to pray for them this morning and throughout this week. There are other prayer concerns in the bulletin, people who are in need related to our congregation. We want to remember them in our prayers today and also throughout this week. This time, I'd like to ask our seniors to come forward and stand along the front uh, altar here. Come on up, seniors. These are our high school graduating seniors for this year. Kind of spread out here, guys, all across the front here. That'd be great. Scoot down a little bit, yeah. Spread right out here. Keep going. All the way across. There you go. Good. Timmy, move down. Okay. All right. This time of year, of course, is always a little bit bittersweet for us as we watch our high school seniors go forward and receive their diplomas and prepare to move on to other things and... uh, And for me personally, you know, I watch them go forward and I reflect on the year and the conversations that we've had and maybe some of the conversations that we should have had and didn't and uh, those kinds of things. And so it's always a a really sort of bittersweet time. But also we want to take a few moments as a congregation to affirm our seniors and to bless them and to pray for them and to send them off in a sort of with a sort of a commissioning and with the understanding that we care for them and we love them. So we're just going to take a couple minutes to do that right now. And I'm going to start by uh, handing the microphone down there to Hannah. We'll give it to Hannah. And I'm just going to have each person say their name. I know you don't, you probably don't know everybody that's up here. They're going to say their name, where they're graduating from, and what you're going to do next year. Okay? Those three things. We're going to start with that. 
my name is Hannah Hidgley. I'm graduating from Fillmore Central School and going to Houghton in the fall for music performance. I'm Bjorn Webb. Um, I'll be graduating from Fillmore, and I'll be attending Houghton to, st to study uh, business, finance, and math. I'm Ashley I. I'm graduating from Central Baptist, and next year I'm going to go to GUville and study occupational therapy. I'm Amelia Gildemeister, and I'm graduating from Cuba Rushford, and I'll be attending Houghton for the science program. I'm Rachel Brubaker. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and next year I'm going to be studying in Germany at Cape and Ray Bible School. Hi, I'm Samantha Nichols. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and then I'm going to William and Mary uh, to study lots of different things. I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm Courtney Danner. I'm homeschooled, and I'm planning on going to Houghton College next year. Oh, hi, I'm Jackie Zhang. So I'm from Houghton Academy, and I'm going back to Korea for university. I'm Yvonne Wang. I'm from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to California, uh, University of California, Hawaii next year. Uh, I'm Ives. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to UIUC next year for computer science. Uh, my name's Timmy Oyelike, and... I'm going to University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign next year to dual major in architecture and something. <laughs> hey, I'm Zebulon Pollack. I'm graduating from Fillmore Central, and I'm going to Alfred State for electrical engineering technology. Hi, I'm Nathaniel LaSalle-Peterson. I'm graduating from Fillmore, and I'm going to Cornell. Hi, I'm Nadia. I'm graduating from Houghton, and I'm going to Hofstra for pre-med. Hi, I'm Anna, and I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I don't know what I'm going to do next year yet. <laughs> Hi, I'm Deja Ayoku. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll be attending Houghton College in the fall. Hello, my name is Bijong. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I still don't know where am I going. Hello, I'm Anna. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Ohio State at Columbus this force. Hi, I'm Alice. I graduated from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Houghton College. Hi, I'm Sherry Wong. I'm from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to College of St. Benedict next year. Hi, I'm Angel. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I'm going to Miami University. Hi, I am Hermione. Uh, I will be graduating from Houghton Academy and uh, will be attending University of California at Irvine in the fall. Hi, my name is Jonathan Fasai. I'm from Houghton Academy and I'll be attending Houghton College next year. Hi, my name is Sean and I'm attending at Houghton Academy and my future plans are undecided. Hi, my name is Gilbert Reyes. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy and I'm undecided for next year. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Fong, and uh, I graduated from Hotel Academy, and I'm going to university university in California for media next year. Hi, I'm Hi, I'm Lance. I'm graduating from Hotel Academy. I will go to Penn State University next year. Incredible, good group.
Now, before we let them go, we want to uh, we want to make sure that we spend a little bit of time in prayer for you guys. Would you guys just turn around and kneel down at the altar here? And if I would invite family and friends and other people to come up, and just we're going to lay hands on them. And I've asked a couple of people, three or four people, to pray as we uh, as we send them off. Father, we stand here this morning to pray over these young people who have become very special to us in their journey. We thank you for the blessing that they've been to us and for the things that they have accomplished so far in their lives. You have blessed them in wonderful ways. We've been privileged to experience and be blessed by them. I pray this morning that as they consider their steps in the months and days ahead, that they're course will be the sense of freedom and change in their lives as they move into a greater independence. But I pray also this morning that they will come to fully understand what true freedom really is. And I pray that you will continue to bring people into their lives, help them to seek out friends that will encourage, will help them, will continue to water and to <clears throat> Help the seeds that have been planted to grow in your timing. But we thank you for them. Commit each one of them to your care today. In Christ's name, amen. Our, our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, you are our consolation and our motivation for these young lives. For these lives, we ask for your continued presence in everything they do. Guide them, protect them, give them courage, lead them in paths of righteousness. For your name's sake, amen. Our Father and our God, it's, it's so exciting to see all these students kneeling at the altar here. Many of them never entered the church before they came here, and now they become part of our family here. We pray to bless them, keep them. May they remember the, the words and the songs and just your love that's been presented to them and given to them and your spirit that would work in their hearts. We thank you. pray to bless them and keep them. In my name. Lord Jesus. We ask for each and every one of these young people that they may always feel your presence through the good times and the hard times. We ask this in your name. Amen. Father, we pray that each person kneeling here would know that they are your prized possession, that you love them with an everlasting love that they are your special creation. May they embrace 
all that you have for them through the power of Christ this day and in the days to come. Amen. Dear Lord, you tell us that there's a time and a season for everything, and we are so excited for the season which each of these students is about to approach. I pray that you will be very, very close to them. I pray that you will protect them. I pray that you will guide them. I pray that you will surround them with godly friends and godly advisors. We also think of their families, that you will also be with them through this time as it's a transition for everybody. We just think of the, the places they're going, the things that they're doing, and I pray that you will go before them, you will clear their paths, and you will bless them in everything that they do. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Dear Father, we do thank you for each one of these kids here today. We thank you for the varied gifts that you've given to each one of them. We thank you for the different backgrounds. We thank you for the families. We thank you for the opportunity you have given to each one of us to witness to each one and that we might be shining examples, shining examples to them. We do pray and thank you, and we ask that you continue to be with them throughout their lives. They continue to seek you in all things that they do. Amen. At this time, I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward to assist us in the giving of our tithes and offerings.
Opportunity to pray together. If you would like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. O Lord, our God, we give to you our highest honor and praise. We declare that you are holy. And we rejoice in knowing that when we call on you, you hear us. If we pray, you help us in our need. You lead us. Fathers, we bow before you today. We offer prayer for those among us who struggle with ailments of body and mind, spirit and soul. We think especially of Joe and Bev, of Edna and Linda. We pray for Micah and Bill and Crystal and Emily and others who are on our hearts and minds today. Father, we pray that you will comfort all who are are grieving and We think especially of Seth and his family, death of his father. Others who are grieving, feeling the the sting and the pain of loss. Father, we pray that you will help us in all of our needs. We pray that you will help us in our homes, in all of our relationships. That we will know your healing grace. Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, we thank you for the men and women who have given their lives for our freedom. We pray for every heart that is broken by the horrors of war, for every mind that is anxious and worried and fearful because one we love is in a dangerous place. We pray for your protection 
upon our soldiers throughout the world. And we pray for an end to violence and war, for an end to cruelty and hate, for an end to all that makes armies and taking up arms a necessity. We pray for the peace of your spirit in this world of chaos and for freedom through your Holy Spirit in every place where bondage reigns. Father, we pray for your ongoing work in this world. Pour out your spirit upon Hudson and Lucy. May their time in Haiti be blessed, even though it is bittersweet. May they sense that you are at work doing more than they might have dreamed or imagined. We also pray for our brothers and sisters in Malaysia, facing the threat and reality of re-education centers that are intended to turn them from you, give them strength beyond themselves, give them hope in the power of your spirit, give them assurance that you are with them, that they are not forgotten, that their lives are in your hands. Father, we thank you for the privilege of prayer, for this amazing means of knowing you and your love in deeper ways, that we can hear your voice and discern your will and follow you in all that we do. We offer this prayer as we do all of our prayers in the loving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. morning. Um, Today's scripture reading is from Romans 3, verses 9 through 20. What shall we conclude then? Are we any better? Not at all. We have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin.
please stand and sing with us.
Pastor John told me roughly a thousand times that I'd learn a lot from working on this sermon. I never really doubted that I would learn something, but it seemed like the passage I'd chosen didn't have as much relevance to my life as I'd hoped. Please don't think this means that I only think bits and pieces of the Bible are applicable to me. I was only just struggling to find the connection. Imagine that a high schooler was struggling to understand how something an adult said could ever possibly pertain to her own incredibly dramatic and special life. (laughs) This past weekend, I was trying to work on some sort of outline for the sermon as my senior class made the eight-hour trek to Washington, D.C. on a tour bus. But in the end, I only worried myself into a giant tangled mess of stress and inferiority complexes until I had to give up and join in the how much longer till we get there, Mr. Nichols game to distract myself. We arrived in the city, and not so surprisingly, I immediately forgot about everything except for traipsing across Washington, D.C. and painting it the color of Samantha in summer. Later in the evening, though, as my classmates settled down and we boarded the bus to head back to our hotel... A few of my friends struck up a small conversation about the fate of the souls of people who have committed suicide. Even though I was tired and would have been happy to just watch the city lights pass by outside of the window, I listened intently and eventually piped in myself. The conversation went on and on and back and forth and up and down. We talked and talked about our dim understandings and opinions of all sorts of theology as topics continued to spark more topics. Though there was never any animosity present in the conversation, every time one of my suggestions was questioned, I grew more frustrated, more angry, and more unhappy with my friends. I felt tense and scared and tired of needing to be defensive. I got so angry with them. I never said anything to tell them of my anger, but I think we all knew how each of us was feeling. I felt, and in fact wanted to be, separated from them, because it was all just so trying, and I knew it wouldn't be much longer before I'd start getting mean. It's a sad sort of funny that as we were discussing theology, an act which should strengthen our relationship with our Father, we were pushing each other away in an atmosphere of tension and resentment, and by doing so, destroying the very relationship we were trying to strengthen in the first place. All along through my sermon contemplation time, I had been thinking, this passage isn't very applicable. My problems all have to do with humility, or I suppose the lack thereof, not what this passage is talking about. I am truly so embarrassed by how long it took me to realize this passage has everything to do with humility. It has everything to do with humility, and it has everything to do with me, Samantha Nichols, member of the human race. Romans 3, 9 through 20 says this. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. 
There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. That almost hurts to hear, doesn't it? It feels sort of like sprinting along and then slipping in the dewy grass and having the wind knocked right out of our mortal lungs. I believe that that was one of Paul's intended responses to his writing. When he wrote his letter to the Romans, he had several goals in mind. He began the letter by commending the Christians of Rome after having heard of their strong faith all throughout his travels. But very quickly, he goes on to explain his understanding of the gospel in order to set a few things straight in their minds. Before Paul came along, many false apostles had already passed through, spreading deceitful and incorrect teachings of the law. Because of this, Paul writes his letter to remind the people of the true faith of the gospel. The other driving force behind his writings is to address the issue of the Jew-Gentile debate. Jews tended to believe that because they followed Jewish law, that they would be closer to God than the newly Christian Gentiles. Paul sets out to explain in Romans 2, A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the spirit, not by the written code. He's saying that matters of salvation and closeness to God have much more to do with the true states of our hearts than the correct obedience of ritual and law. Jews and Gentiles are equal in humanity, in sin, and as children of God. Though Paul wrote this letter directly to the Roman people, the letter was never supposed to reach only their ears. It was never meant to end there. It was not a letter we might write to our younger siblings while away at college, extending wisdom meant only for them. It was a message intended to to transcend time, circumstance, and character. God was using Paul to speak to me, to you, to your neighbors, just as much as he was using him to speak to the Romans. So to my elders, I urge you, The next time you are sitting around the dinner table and conversation sways in a theological direction, remember that you are pursuing good, not proving that you are right. To my contemporaries, I urge you, the next time you are looking at the stars with your friends, questioning your existence, and spitting out an awkward adolescent blend of your your parents and your favorite artist's opinions, I urge you to remember that you are pursuing good, not proving that you are right. And to myself, I urge, 
the next time I sit in a Bible class, my face turning the color of my angry passion to remember that I am pursuing good, not proving that I'm right. For we must all remember that none of us is righteous, not even one. I think we're often guilty of assuming that there is one righteous person, and that person is clearly us. We imagine that God is always on our side of the argument, that if only he were here, he'd set things straight and let everyone know that our theology is correct, that we're the righteous one. But the thing is, we are all alike under the power of sin. Jews and Gentiles, old teachers and young students, males and females, Protestants and Catholics, we are all fallen. We are all those awful things Paul said, and more. When being right matters more than humbling ourselves before God, Scripture tells us that our tongues practice deceit, Ruin and misery mark our ways, and the way of peace we do not know. Though it seems unfortunate that no amount of correct observance or understanding of the law will bring us out of our shame and unworthiness, we should feel wonderfully fortunate that we have a Father in heaven to help us with that very mess. A Father who has undying love and overwhelming mercy for us, sinful though we are. In one of John Wesley's sermons entitled, On Living Without God, he addresses a similar thought with much more eloquence and clarity than I ever could hope to. So rather than borrow ideas from it, I will share it all. He says, I believe the merciful God regards the lives and tempers of men more than their ideas. I believe he respects the goodness of the heart rather than the clearness of the head. And that if the heart of a man be filled by the grace of God and the power of his spirit, with the humble, gentle, patient love of God and man, God will not cast him into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, because his ideas are not clear, or because his conceptions are confused. Without holiness, I own, no man shall see the Lord, but I dare not add or clear ideas. On the bus that day, I believe that had we all been more thoughtful of this truth, my friends and I might have benefited much more from our discussion. Had we instead viewed it as a team working together to solve a puzzle, or had used our different backgrounds, perceptions, and ideas to make the discussion more of a chorus of melodies and harmonies that create fascinating music, we may have been able to see more of the love and beauty and less of the hurt and frustration. We may have been able to use theology for its intended valuable purpose of seeing the Lord our God more clearly through fellowship with each other. We, as Christians, must remember to focus every one of these discussions and indeed every conversation on the pursuit of God. For he is the ultimate truth and the supreme love. And we must also remember that our need for the correct theology will not ever even come close to surpassing our need for mercy and for love. Father, 
I pray that just as you have used me to give this message to the people of this church, that you use us all to pass the message on through our words and actions. I thank you for the opportunities that we have to discuss our varied understandings of your love. And I pray that we use those opportunities to further your work in our lives and to glorify you. We thank you for your overwhelming grace and undying love for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us.
Receive the benediction. As you go this week, pursue God. And may you live each moment with a clear grasp of His overwhelming grace and His undying love for you. Amen.